welcome to another episode of Cinema Oblivio, your podcast for discussions on old movies and weird movies and stuff like that. As usual, I am your host, James Eldred, and guess who I got back today? When you say who you are. Oh, it's me, Madeline. Uh, again. I'm here. <laughs> you, you, you got it right last time. Like, last time <laughs> you were... You were like oh who's it gonna be <laughs> every time madeline welcome back it's been a while i think the last time you were here was uh butcher baker yes it was yes which uh that movie has spread like a virus through my friends now because Fantastic. of you and i i occasionally get messages from people like what the fuck did you make me watch so thank you for that madeline uh, you're doing you're doing god's I- work very happy uh yeah. to, to have provided that yeah yes you're also kind of responsible for the, today's movie all we'll, we'll get there in a bit uh i haven't talked to you in a while um have you seen anything interesting lately i know you're always watching eight million you just, you, you just had the film festival too right yeah and quite frankly that is the interesting stuff that i've been watching are the movies that we programmed for the unnamed footage festival which took place at the end of march uh we showed god i mean i wish i had an exact count of how many movies we showed but it's about 14 features and you know 30 shorts um and yeah it's a whole weekend starts thursday night we have an opening night party we showed a movie called mean-spirited um, which I worked on and it was really oh, okay. fun. Yeah. And then I do this found footage horror power hour now every year as part of the <laughs> okay. opening night party. So it's 60 minute long clips and we have like a beer sponsor. So everybody has beer. And so you watch a minute clip and then drink comes up on the screen and everybody cheers and, and drinks. Um, <laughs> and they are batshit crazy to put together because sounds, we're going through all of too. It is dangerous. I mean, we, we, uh, the first year we did it, we didn't, uh, we allowed people to drink liquor and that didn't go well. So now there's a no liquor rule. So you are only allowed to drink beer. And you, I mean, we almost had to like 86 one of our guys just because he was, uh, he was getting, getting close to, to gone. (laughs) Well, I don't think I'd be banned then. So you, oh so well, you, re- you could you could do a mixed drink as long as you weren't doing shots. Okay, you know I'm I'm, yeah. I'm a giant, so <laughs> maybe need, you could I, do shots. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Ben, nobody else. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so 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 you recommend um is is it's mean spirited a film I could watch? Yeah, yeah, it's I mean okay. it's light and fun. Um, okay, it, it's definitely more comedy than horror and. Uh, and it's super low budget. We made it in the Poconos. It was really, really fun. Um, oh, Poc- and okay. Yeah, yeah. Then we showed Kinsman Road, which is the new movie by Robbie Banfitch, who did The Outwaters, which you couldn't oh, watch. Love- that movie is so scary. Yeah. <laughs> well, is it dis- is it so scary? I've, I've always it's always hard for me to kind of describe to you what I can't watch. So, like, I'll give you an, I'll give you an example. You a few times ago you were talking about the sadness. Yes, I can't watch that. Uh, that's a combat, and that's not even that scary. It's just discuss. It's it's a com- It's it's just nihilistic. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And just the brutality. It, it it. And I used to like brutal movies. Like I I I used to own High Tension, 
and inside. Uh, mm-hmm. But something in my and and, Mar- and I used to own martyrs. Um, Ooh, yeah. But something yeah, in my brain. That's all the intense French stuff. Yeah, yeah. I used to be way into that. But like something about like the gleefulness of something like the sadness of how much it revels in the violence. It's and and is also also it also just feels like that one comic book, The Crossed. I mean, it's like, to- it is. It's like the only. I mean, it's completely influenced by Cross. Yeah, and, and that kind of annoys me. Honestly. Only <laughs> adaptation we'll ever get of Cross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not a big fan of the sadness. It, okay. It's, I, well, I, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I just it's like the kind of thing where I'm fascinated by it, and then I watched it, and I just it it, it made me angry more than anything. Okay. Well, I one yeah. you love that I cannot watch is uh, Terrifier Two. Yeah, and you can't watch the Outwaters either. I stand by that. <laughs> you stand by that, okay? Well, thank yeah, you. For that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm so, okay. The yeah, Out- go ahead. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. The Outwaters is a found footage horror movie that um, officially came out February of this year. So that was like its release to the public. We showed it at the film festival in 2022, and I befriended the director. He's this wonderful gay man from Los Angeles. Um, and he made this movie called The Outwaters in the Mojave Desert with uh, four other people. So it's there were five people in total. That was the entirety of the cast and crew. Oh, wow. And it's like them going into the desert to shoot a music video. And then they slip out of reality. And the second half of the happens. movie is it's all pitch blackness with just like flashlights and people being like just completely mutilated and screaming. and. God. And it's nonstop. But, you know, they made it for like under $5,000. Uh, so if you want to support a wonderfully talented a young gay filmmaker uh, who makes money, who makes movies with no money, check out The Outwater. <laughs> okay. I, I respect it. Yeah. But, but I you, might You would not respect watch. The Outwaters. I don't think you would. Um, enjoy it. I, I think you would find yeah. it deeply upsetting. Yeah, I, I think it's funny that our, our film tastes have there's a it's like a Venn diagram. Yeah, and like where they because you there are stuff you like that I will never in a million years watch. Uh, mm-hmm. And I imagine there's stuff I like that you would never watch, but it's a much lesser portion. It's like an uneven Venn diagram. <laughs> yeah, de- definitely, definitely. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, you know, I always forget how fucked up my taste is, and then it's like, oh, I'm going to show this movie to everyone at the horror club I run in Astoria, which is like in the back of a bar. We set up a projector and a screen, and we show a horror movie, and uh, and I always get into a fight with my co-founder because he doesn't let me pick them very often. <laughs> I'm always like, why? My taste is good. Everyone loves the movies I show. And then last night I showed a movie and it was like all dead dogs and suicide. And I completely <laughs> forgot. And people are like walking out. <laughs> dead dogs and suicide. It's my favorite Morrissey album. Um, so. It's a great uh, description of my taste. <laughs> <laughs> what was the movie? Uh, Noroi the Curse. Okay. Was it good? Yeah, it's a great movie. I actually think you could watch Noroi. Um, I don't think it would bother you. Um, it's not and real it's dead dogs. No, they're they're actually quite fake looking, and it's found footage, so like, okay, you don't okay, see them very fine. long. It's so it's more. Uh, there's a lot more implied in Noroi than you actually see on screen. 
Okay, well that's good. Yeah, I was yeah. I was looking at my my watch diary to try to see like the last honest to goodness like actual horror movie I've seen that people might actually think is scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I guess it's I guess it's probably Scream Five. Uh, <laughs> and that's pretty that, good. I haven't, I haven't seen Six because it's not out in Japan. Um, yeah, but I liked Five quite a bit, although I liked Four a lot more, and I might yeah. I might be a minority there. Uh, because mm-hmm. I thought the four kill was more better. Debate. Yeah, well, four's better four, than I remembered it being. Yeah, because four has, I think, um, four I think holds up because that was made in 2011, and it's about people literally murdering people for social for social media clout. Mm-hmm. And because like, it has that great, line. I won't spoil who the killer is, but it has the great line where someone says, "You killed all your friends." He says, "I don't want friends. I want fans." Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, yep, that's the that's the 2020s. Uh, but, it was ahead of the times. Yeah. yeah, but Scream Five, I like kind of the reveal of Scream Five, some of the twists. But I thought the kills motivations were stupid. Um, yeah, yeah, and I think that it was supposed to be stupid, kind of, but it didn't make it any better. And um, but I don't know. Probably it's still one of the better movies I've seen this year. I also watched Bats this this month. The Bats, Lou Diamond Phillips. Kill a bat movie, bats. Oh um, man, I want to watch bats. That sounds great. It's terrible. I watched bats and mosquitoes. Um, <laughs> I have to watch ticks next. I think. Oh, ticks! Uh, ticks is pretty good. Ticks is good. That has Alfonso Ribeiro in it, right? From, from, yes. From, yeah, yeah. That's a yeah, good it's one. Got a, it's got a fun cast and it's got some really fun effects. Yeah. Uh, other really quick, some fun stuff I watched recently. I watched a terrible movie called Rocktober Blood. Uh, which is from the create from the directors of Gator Bait, which is a problematic title but a great movie. Rocktober Blood is like um, have you ever, do you know Eddie and the Cruises? Yes, it's like that but a horror movie. The singer's dead, or is he? But he was a serial killer, or was he? It's terrible. <laughs> it um, it looks good. It's, it's not like my it. Well, unfortunately, the only available copies of VHS transfer. Mm-hmm. So it looks horrible, uh, and um, it just makes no sense. The the end reveal makes no sense. The one thing I liked about it is that the band in the movie is a real band called Sorcery, and they're the band yeah. from the film Stunt Rock by Brian Treadwell Smith, which is one of my favorite uh-huh. stupid movies. Do you, have you ever heard of Stunt Rock? <laughs> yes. No. I, I've I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. Oh man, it's horrible. It's, it's one of my I I make I make all my friends watch it and they hate me. But uh, I love Stunt Rock, so I was I was happy to see Sorcery get some work. But that's a bad movie. Uh, and I also recently watched the two Peter Cushing Doctor Who movies, which I only mm-hmm. watched because Peter Cushing, and they're fine. But I, I I I'm biased towards Peter Cushing. And I did watch um, my friends my, my 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 a couple of my my friends were over. We were all gay and drunk, so we watched the Barbarians. Which barbarians, is not barbarians. barbarians. That's the movie with, hmm. the, with, the, with the with the with the barbarian brothers. Oh, yes. And if you want to see giant meatheads in loincloths, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, you could do a lot worse. It's, the, it's from the director of Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> oh shit! It's um Diodato. Yeah, Diodato, and uh, it's a it's a canon film. It's it, late canon. It's eighty seven. I. Uh, it's from I, oh, I know wow. the writer did the writer wrote American Ninja and Revenge of the Ninja, so good movies. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
you could do a lot worse. It's very stupid. And we also watched uh, on the same on the same tip. We watched uh, Tarzan in Manhattan, which is a <laughs> seems like a good double feature. Oh man, it was great. And that was a uh, 1989. That is a failed TV pilot where Tarzan helps a de- <laughs> Tarzan ends up forming a detective agency. <laughs> oh man, with um. A cab driver and her father, played by Tony Curtis. It was directed by Michael Soltz, who did The Last Dragon and Car Wash. And mm-hmm. it, the bad guy is John Michael Vincent, who looks oddly sober. Because yeah. if you've ever watched a John Michael Vincent film from after 1985, he's not. You could also do a lot worse. That was that was a great bad movie. Like it's yeah, it had one of the best examples of oh, let's freeze frame this video and enhance it. Like one of the worst ever of like somebody drops their ID and there's a camera across the street and they can zoom in on it and change the angle <laughs> to get the address of the ID. I don't know. It was really good. It was horrible. Uh, that's on Amazon. I recommend it. Yeah, that sounds like a really fun like late night drunk movie. Oh yeah, I was not sober. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I recommend it. Speaking what? of films, you should not watch. So well, go ahead. Well, I got two more. I got two, oh, more, two more, which Go are like, don't, don't watch sober films. So I, I rewatched Species a new film 2. Species 2. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Dude, it rips. Species 2 is so good. I don't understand why people say it's bad. <laughs> what about 3? I haven't seen 3, but now I'm, I'm thinking I have to. Okay. So why is Species 2 so bad good? Oh, is it good? Why is it um, good? I, I've always heard it's terrible. So it's legitimately funny. Um, okay. It like has like, um, I don't know, almost like total recall level political satire at times, especially with, you know, them them sending astronauts to Mars and they're in this like completely corporate branded ship and okay. uh, and everybody is military in it and the military people are so stupid and then the effects are incredible. Like it is a special effects dream. Um, until the bad CGI comes in again. And yeah. like Yeah, but it it is really, really bonkers. Like it goes more in a body snatcher's direction. Um and it's so much more horror than the first species is. It's so much bloodier. And you've now got two species and they have sex. All right. <laughs> Sign so, me the fuck up. Hard recommend. Hard okay. recommend on species two. And, and then I watched the, another alien movie. I saw a 35 millimeter print of Mac and Me. Oh fuck you. Uh-huh. I hosted it at the Alamo even. <laughs> I've never seen Mac and Me, and I live in the country where you can get the Blu-ray that has the alternate angle of the kid. That has the shot kid the getting shot. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I- so Mac and Me was one of my favorite movies when I was a child. So Cause, like cause clearly I had bad taste. Yeah. Like I had yeah. really bad taste as a kid to begin with. I'm like I'm deranged from age six. Um <laughs> and and like I cannot believe that my favorite movie from childhood features a, you know, disabled boy getting shot by cops in a standoff with a seven foot tall alien holding a gun that like walks entirely with his crotch like it <laughs> mac and me is wild and it's again not as bad as people say it is 
I have I have two friends on Letterboxd who have seen it. You give it five stars. Oh <laughs> yeah, I did. And my friend Rob, who does the Bad Movie Bible, which is one of my favorite YouTube channels, gave it one and a half mm-hmm. stars. And I feel like you're both you're both right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think um, the thing about Mac and Me is it's smarter than people give it credit for. Uh, because like Stuart Raffle went and did like a rewrite on it as they were going into production and he's funny like he's a legitimately funny writer he mm-hmm. also did Tammy and the T-Rex yeah. which yeah. I think is a little more unhinged like he got a little more freedom with what he was going to do with Tammy and the T-Rex but it has the same humor in it it's just like hidden under this blatant E.T. knockoff I'm looking at his filmography like- and he go ahead I'm sorry yeah, I t- like. I think they they have the alien. Like they lead him around with skittles and coke. Yeah, yeah, it's very it's yeah. very crass. Mm-hmm. Uh, that mm-hmm. guy also wrote um, Ice Pirates, which when I yes, was a did. dumb when Wrote I was directed. a dumb five year old mm-hmm. child, I watched that movie uh, and I liked it. So when we were both du- yeah. he inf- when we were both dumb children, he, he made films we liked. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Stuart Raffle knew what he was doing. I think so. I mean, Ice Pirates is a bad fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh it's a oh that's a bad movie i will watch species two now now that you said that i have to show my boyfriend species one uh uh-huh. first but it is funny if you look on letterboxd under natasha hendrix nor her most don't don't do it can you guess what her most popular film is it's not species. God, is it the one she, it's the one she did with uh with john claude van damme right no and maximum risk no which is a good movie um oh it's not? I would have thought no. it was that one. I don't know what it's it fucking, is. Is it what fucking, is it? It's fucking Ghost of Mars. <laughs> oh, oh, I hate Ghost of Mars. <laughs> Me too. I fucking hate that. That is not that a fun is bad. Like, that is Carpenter's lowest, I think. Oh, of, of the Carpenter films I've seen, which is almost all of them at this point, I'm yeah, that's the worst. I mean, that's bad. Like Escape from LA yeah. is not great, but I enjoy it. Um Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vampires has problems, but and so does its star. But let's be. But James Woods is oh very good God, in that movie. Yeah, that's, that's what I was gonna say. That's the biggest problem. But you know, I, James Wood might be one of the most horrible living people. But um, but he also was the star of Videodrome. So you know yeah. that this is a let's separate the the art from the raging piece of shit situation <laughs> i saw a movie with i saw a fantastic movie with fucking adam baldwin this month and talk about pieces Ooh, of shit. yeah 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 uh, I, yeah i saw cohen and tate which is a roy scheider adam baldwin movie which i is this fuck with by the by the guy who made the hitcher which is fantastic oh wow yeah yeah the hitcher rules five star movie watch that movie I, I talked about it last time anyway uh enough about good film Today, we are talking about uh, Blood Beat. So, I discovered this film, and you don't know this, Madeline, I discovered this because of you. Okay. Because on New Year's, I had the flu, (laughs) and I was just home watching movies on Tubi. And I was trying to find some good bad movies, and I had I had a bad run. Before early in the day, I watched uh, Too Hot to Handle, which is a bad like female assassin yeah. film. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then I was looking on, on, I was deciding, okay, I'll look, I'll find a ba- what looks like a bad movie, and then I'll go on Letterboxd to see if it has good reviews. And I looked at Bloodbeat, I typed it in, and I saw your review. <laughs> so I was like, well, this must be great. Madeline likes it, and it's not something that's going to give me trauma. <laughs> so yes. Yes. let's put this bad boy in. And boy, oh boy, I was not ready. Um, so, Madeline, uh, how did you discover Bloodbeat and inflict it upon me by proxy? So I believe it was a friend of mine had seen it at Spectacle Theater in New York, which is a very tiny... Um, like independent black box movie theater that has very, very out there programming in Brooklyn and mentioned it just like it was one of the craziest experiences I had. And it was a Christmas movie. So it stuck (laughs) in my head. And so I started doing these um, horror brunches in, (laughs) in Astoria. So we do the Astoria horror club and that's like Monday nights twice a month. And then we got another venue, and it is an Irish bar, Shillelagh Tavern, and it's like an old man locals bar. So it's all, like, at the bars, it was just a bunch of old dudes who were there all the time watching sports. But then it's got this big venue-like area in the back with, like, a little stage. Mm-hmm. So I had started setting a, a screen there with my projector, hooking up to the the, you know, sound system, and doing these brunches. And so the concept for the brunches is... Depending on, you know, what month it was, I would pick a theme. So, like, this was December, so it was Christmas. And then I collected as many Blu-rays, DVDs of weird Christmas horror movies as I could find. So, I brought uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night 3 and 4. I brought um, Christmas Evil. I brought Dick Moss's Synth, um, which, that's another one where... There was some stuff happening in that movie that I wish I had remembered so I could have given a more thorough content warning. Uh, (laughs) But so the premise is I have this stack of movies and we'll show two trailers from the stack and then everybody gets to vote on what we watch based off the trailers. Mm -hmm. So Bloodbeat won the vote. Oh, and if something wins and, and it's playing and you're in the audience and you hate it, you can buy me and Tom and yourself, me and Tom are the hosts, and like yourself. So you have to buy three shots and we all do a shot and then we change the movie. Um, but you, but so you also said no one's ever can, done someone it. Can counter out, someone can counter that by buying you shots to not stop it. Correct. So that you could die in an hour. Okay, go <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, it could be like a never ending like, shot train of people battling over what movie they want to watch, but no one has ever done it. In okay. all four of these brunches I've held, no one has ever uh, bought a shot to change the film, um, which is both disappointing and exciting. Uh, but right, so Bloodbeat <laughs> won. And this was my birthday, by the way. This is December oh. 11th, which is my birthday. So this is my birthday party. I'm in like a onesie, uh, and we're watching Christmas <laughs> movies, um, and and Bloodbeat comes on. So if you're watching it on the Blu-ray, I'm I'm not sure that it has this in the Tubi version. But when you put the Blu-ray in, it has a disclaimer. Play, it has a disclaimer, and the disclaimer is that it was the only remaining um, version of the film. So it was a film print, and it was water damage. Yes, yes. <laughs> and so 
everyone is like, oh no, what's it going to be? And uh, it turned out the water damage, my guess was mostly to the audio track. Either that or they were that incompetent because yes, you cannot both hear. Are true. Both are true. You, you can't hear anything anyone is saying. It's all mumbling. It's like half the time. Um, Does it matter? Anyway, go on. <laughs> no, that was sort of my point. Is even if you could hear what they were saying, it didn't really help figuring out the plot because of reasons that will be revealed as we continue to discuss. <laughs> so, so I'm going to read. But, I'm going to. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, I was. We we turned on subtitles in the bar. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. It was the greatest choice because they subtitled all of the oh. sound effects. <laughs> and, and what's the, the best main one? one they used? Mystical boinging. Yes. Mystical. <laughs> mis- you know, I used to have that mystical prog rock podcast. I used to have that prog rock podcast. The mystical boinging. It's a good name. Really sounds like like an Osric Tentacles or a Gong. Like you don't know who those are. It's okay that you you like wheel music, um, like B side <laughs> or something. Um, mystical, <laughs> mystical boinging. Um, yeah, that's what that's but, uh, Madeline. Dude, that's what my tombstone has to say. <laughs> yes, so that, you're in Actually, charge of that. Your tombstone should say "Mystical boinging continues." <laughs> continues. No, that's the no the back of it <laughs> on the. <laughs> The front says the mystical, front, boinging. mystical boinging. And on the back, mystical boinging continues. Um, That's very good. <laughs> we haven't said what it's about because it's very hard to. Um, if you want to go, before we go any further about anything, the less you know about the film, the better. I think it's still on Tubi. Vinegar Syndrome yes. put out a Blu-ray. It's streaming in places. It might even be on YouTube for free. Um, Frankly, it's worth buying that Blu-ray. This, it's, this, this movie is... I think it's one of the most incredible films ever made. I think it is one of the most best. Yeah, (laughs) I did not say great films, but incredible. (laughs) I think it is one of the most incomprehensible, inscrutable films I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, Yes, which to reach those depths is incredible. So (laughs) I'm gonna I'm gonna read a review. I found a review of this from England, (laughs) in Hertfordshire. The Hertz and Essex Observator. Observator, uh, no byline on this review. I don't. I was not in my clipping. Um, in night reviewers from nineteen eighty four, the film came out in eighty two on video only. Here's the full review: A gathering at a country home is shattered by a series of gruesome deaths. The visitors, compelled by a strange evil force, take their own lives in brutal fashion. But that doesn't happen. Um. What is the secret of this powerful, uninvited guest? I still don't know the answer. This muddled, slow-moving horror with unconvincing acting and special effects has the same problem as a pub on Mars, no atmosphere. Now, that's not entirely accurate, but it does kind of give you the basic, The ver- it's, a, it's kind of a slasher. Yeah. Kind, kind of. Mm-hmm. Kind of. And it is, like... I don't agree with his review, but the part where he says, "What? What's the? What's the secret?" I don't know. I agree. <laughs> like, I don't know. So this movie is. This has to be the most obscure. This is. This is the most um, obscure from I've covered on this podcast. Made by, in terms of who made it, because 
I've covered, I think, more obscure films, but people who made it did other stuff or the, like like Fang. Mm-hmm. You know, Fangs has large margin in it. You know? Yeah. 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 Or too much was a canon film. So there's connections there you can do. This this is this is a this is a this is no this is nothing. This is Wisconsin. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I mean this feels like like a legitimate lost film that got found, but that was it. They found it. Yeah, they found it. <laughs> they, and and that's all. <laughs> it's it's kind of a one man show. And this motherfucker. So this guy <laughs> His name is Fabrice Ange Zatharatos. Okay. He, he is born in Viet- he's Viennese. Uh, born, I think, when it was still French Indochine, because his parents moved to France, and mm-hmm. I believe his dad is half Greek, which is how he got that name. Um, and he was born in Vietnam, but grew up in France. His dad was a guy named Henry. Who was a filmmaker also. And he made films in the 60s. I believe his most well known film is a film called Taste of Love. uh, With, I think there's one like actual person in that movie, uh, but I can't find it right now because my internet's being strange. Uh, It's like a real movie. Um, And he made a few other like quote unquote real films. His son, Fabrice, did not. His son decided to go to America in the early 80s. Somehow, somehow ended up in Wisconsin. Doesn't really say why. So on this Blu-ray, have you watched anything on the Blu-ray? No? Other than the movie? No, just just the movie with the subtitle. So if you think his films are inscrutable, listen to this motherfucker talk. Because... Oh, no. He just kind of like he has a, he has a twenty minute interview and a commentary track. I learned nothing about him. <laughs> like, but he talks about himself. It's a, it's it's like a weird. I don't like. He just alludes to things. Like, so he said that like he was twenty one in America and he met a girl with some money, <laughs> which is how all great stories start. And they did a lot of drugs together. And wanted to make yeah, a movie. Yeah, that, that seems right. I mean, honestly, I'm shocked it wasn't a student film. Like, I it, it just seems illogical that it, it exists. Yes. And so he put this film together, I think, with her money. And a woman, is, the producer is this woman named Helen Boley, who she, she, she's a credited producer, but she just really kind of like supported him financially. Um, she has no other credits. She, she was not a producer. Uh, she passed away in 2017, and I found her obituary. She was 79. Um, mm-hmm. she sounds awesome. <laughs> see, <laughs> she uh raised five kids by uh I think by herself. She was divorced, and I want to read this part one from her um from her obituary. Helen was a lifelong Democrat and always volunteered in campaign phone campaign phone banks, also going door to door with pamphlets well past the time common sense that have told her to stop. She was <laughs> instrumental. She was instrumental in getting Russ Feingold's initial push for a Senate seat off the ground. She kept very well informed and yelled at the TV frequently when Republican escapades got out of hand. She sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, she sounds badass. Yeah. She sounds like a yeah, she looks badass too. 
and the character, the main character in the film is named after her, Helen. And other than him, like, there's not much to really talk about with the people who made it. The cinematographer, this guy named Vladimir von Mal, he makes independent films still. He's a Czech, Czech immigrant. He does commercials, and I think he's done some actual, like, real work. He's in Chicago. Uh, but he's made films, like, he, he worked on films called, let's see, Chocolate City, and then Chocolate City Vegas, and then something called Kinky. Oh. It's called Kinky. Uh, and I don't know what any of these films are. Uh, Kinky has Vivica A. Fox in it. So there you go. He's, you know, he's graduated to yeah. like, he's graduated to like straight to Tubi, I would imagine. That's his level. Uh, mm-hmm. And I looked through the entire crew. The only person on the crew that ever did anything else, if IMDb is to be believed, because I don't always trust them. Yes. The One of the editors... Diane Stoneberg, allegedly, if it's the same Diana Stoneberg, was an editorial assistant on Highlander 2. Huh. Believe that. But that's so, real. Yeah. So she was the second unit director on this, assistant director on this, and then went on to work on Highlander 2, which is a worse film than Bloodbeat. Have you seen Highlander 2? I have not. But I like that it's a step down from Bloodbeat. Well, like, Highlander <laughs> 2 is one of the worst films ever made. Uh, oh, boy. That's a popular opinion. It's 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 a horrible movie. It is it is oh yeah. fucking that goddamn movie. Um and in the cast, it's all like, okay, so <laughs> this movie. I mean, they've got to be non-actors, right? Like they're all I think, non-actors. I think, you know, yeah. Well, some um, of them maybe did like community theater. <laughs> yeah. So in the pod, you so you talked about this movie briefly on your podcast, Madeline and her attorney watch. Uh, <laughs> yes. And you guys <laughs> suppose that Sarah was a porn star. Yes, the one who uh, is uh, channeling the ghost via uh, humping her blankets via via acrobatic masturbation yeah actually that is a great summary of it acrobatic masturbation <laughs> yes you know new, that's see, like uh, what i want to tag the movie with <laughs> the only way i can come no uh, <laughs> um mystical boinging acrobatic masturbation <laughs> you know all the all the all the stops uh she was not a porn star uh okay her name was claudia payton she, uh, I, she passed away in 2012. That's how I found out about her. Actually, I'm so, sadly, um, rest in died peace. of cancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rest in peace. Uh, oh, yeah, that's sad. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she, she could have been a porn star. Honestly, she's quite good. She, and she's good. And she's good looking. <laughs> she is. She's very pretty. Yeah, she's very pretty. But no, she ended up teaching theater in at the Judas Shakespeare Theater Company in New York City, and that's um, cool. Also taught uh, in different schools in Chicago, like and. Did other stuff too. She seemed, she also seemed like a very interesting person, uh, <laughs> and everybody here I'm sure is. But it's the thing is, like I can't find anything about anybody. And uh, Fabrice is just so frustratingly obtuse on the commentary track. Like he mentions, oh my god, Helen. he mentions Helen, the the main actress who plays the mom. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he says that she was adopted by a U.S. senator. Uh. I don't know which one because I can't find a senator of her last name because she's probably married. Um, and he also says that she was her and Gary in the movie. Her and Gary are like a common law husband and wife. They're not married. Uh, yes, it's it's one of the things they talk about early on. He's like, yes. "I'm going to tell your kids we're getting married," and she's like, 
don't you dare tell my kids anything. I'm good as I am. Yes, and that was apparently them in real life. Uh, oh. They, yes. And But then Fabrice just casually mentioned that they both went missing. Wait, what the fuck? They went yeah. missing? They went, that's what he said, then, I think. And this moves on. So like, oh, wow. well, you gotta wonder if they went missing for Fabrice, or they met, went missing in re- <laughs> like for, from the world, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, I probably have. I have. I, I have. Possible some, they were like, we gotta get this guy out of our life. This motherfucker keeps coming over, and he wants to make another movie. Got to get out of here. <laughs> Let's go out for cigarettes and not come back. I yeah. yeah, I have no idea. And like, um, you know, if you look at the. The Gary is played by a guy named Terry Brown. If you look at his IMDb, it's, it says like, "Oh, he was in the Princess Diaries." No, that's a black man. <laughs> that's a <laughs> that's a different Terry Brown. Uh, so that's not. So this is his only movie. Um, yeah. The sister Dolly is played by someone named Dana Day. Apparently, she was in a 1972 short film called "Improve Your Pronunciation." Which I, I bet that's an educational film. <laughs> it's an educational film. Apparently, there's a riff tracks of it, um, but I'm not going to give Mike Nelson money, so because fuck that guy. So I haven't seen it. Um, I, I have I have history. Uh, Ted did nothing. James Fitzgibbons he did nothing. Uh, but there is one person in this who made other films. Uncle okay. Pete. Uncle Pete. Uncle Pete. Which character is Uncle Pete? Uh, he is the one who I believe he is the one who gets killed in the other house. Okay, okay. Or, or he's uh, the one, the who one goes on hunting. the on the waterbed. I think that's oh, him yeah. or the other guy. One of those uh-huh. two. No, no, no. He's the one who dies. The one who dies in the truck. That's Uncle Pete. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> he's the one who shows up in the truck, getting yes. there. Yeah, and then then he get he he's on his his truck's on the side of the road and gets killed. And there we go. Okay, that's Uncle Pete. So that is Peter Spelson. Peter Spelson was the actor, producer, and I think maybe one of the writers on the Psychotronic Man. Which, oh, wow, is, yeah, which is a kind of I have not seen that movie. It's relatively well regarded among B movie people. The film, yes. the the term is Psychotronic Cinema, which is what people used to call cult cinema, is from that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. There you go. I mean, it has a 2.9 on IMDb. Maybe it's not good. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> I've heard of it, he, you know. And he's in another film yes, called... I, I am familiar with that movie. And, like, I have, like, the Psychotronic Cinema Guide and, like, all that. Yeah. But I have not yeah. seen it. So, yeah. Right, yeah. Psycho- yeah, the Psychotronic uh, Man was the first feature-length film made and produced entirely in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, because apparently Chicago didn't want movies there. It's a whole weird thing. But yeah, so so yeah. he's a real person, and uh, you know, I would say he's good in this. I would say the acting is not, no, it's not, it's not embarrassing. Oh, it's just, uh, it, it seems uh, unprofessional for the most part, and I don't mean like unprofessional, like embarrassing. I mean just like they're not professional actors. But it's mostly the content and filmmaking that make it uh, difficult to watch. Yeah, yeah, I actually think yeah. sometimes the actress playing Kathy is very good. The mom. Yeah, I agree with that too. Yeah, yeah. She she's the one who I said some of them might maybe have community theater experience. She <laughs> seems like she's done acting before. Yes. She has the most dialogue and she has the most um, audible dialogue, <laughs> and probably the biggest emotional arc. 
do I understand why she's having that emotional arc? No. 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 Uh, yeah, and I think, you know, I think maybe the weakest one is probably the the, the, the kid, Ted, James Fitzgibbons. Mm-hmm. His reactions are very, very, like, the one time I laugh out loud from the acting is when he's reacting to his girlfriend burning the picture. Yes. Um, and a few other dialogue parts that we'll get to that aren't his fault. That's the script. But yeah, I mean, they're fine. Everyone in this movie is like, it's, it's acceptable. It's everything else around it that's bad. So yeah, like, so you said it, it sounds terrible. So mm-hmm. I learned from the commentary track that when they were filming it, they accidentally filmed it in the wrong aspect ratio. Uh, they used the wrong lighting and they had the wrong microphones. Oh my God. So it was shot in the wrong aspect ratio with not enough lighting and poor sound. Yeah. Um, so, you know, professionals and, uh, re- re- repeated line on the commentary is him saying, we could have done better. We could have done better. We were on drugs. Um, yeah, I really want to know what drugs he was taking. I mean, it had to be psychedelics. He said, he mentions cocaine. Uh, oh, okay. And weed and pills. Yeah. Ah, huh, so maybe it wasn't psychedelics. It just feels like it should have been. This feels like a speed dream, like a speed a speed trip. Like, yeah. okay, let's do this. Okay, now we're gonna go do this. Okay, let's do this. Let's. Yeah, it's like it's like when I used to come home from work and my room, my my, my entire house was clean because my roommate had Adderall. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Same energy. <laughs> but they 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 kind of didn't know what they were doing when they were making it. Uh, it was filmed on a friend's house. That house is apparently still standing. Uh, in in Spring Green, Wisconsin. So road trip, and I think one of the most notable films taught one of the most notable things about the movie before we start going in scene by scene is um they did in fact murder an animal for it. So um yeah, which that happens very early, and yes. it was the first time during our public screening I was uh, afraid. It, it happens yeah. five minutes in, and it, it yeah. is you know I, again murder an animal um. They are hunters and they are hunting deer for the purpose of eating said deer. Yes. Uh, so, like, it's not cannibal holocaust level no. murder an animal. Uh, it feels a little bit more professional and 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 clean, but it is it happens on screen. So no, no, they, they don't kill the animal on screen. Um. Oh yeah, the deer's already dead. So yeah. I did, so if it makes you feel better, the deer was euthanized. So. Oh really? So yeah. They went, they went to a. They couldn't hunt. It was. It wasn't hunting season, I guess. Or they couldn't. They didn't know how to. They didn't. Whatever. They went to a farm and bought bought a sick deer and killed it. Yeah. So, okay. There's that. But there is a disclaimer. I don't there. know if that's worse or better than <laughs> them just being real hunters trying to get venison for dinner. Like I, I don't. I don't. I, I'm not sure how I feel about that. But that, that is there's the, still a, a moral weirdness. It's like, oh, it was a sick deer that needed to be put down, so we made a movie. Spoilers, although I don't know um, if we can ever really. 
I don't know if you can spoil a film that makes no sense. Uh, we'll try. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, it's more so we're going to talk about the funny stuff. And I think that is the the only thing that could be considered a spoiler. Yeah, um, yeah. So if you really want to see it and get the biggest possible laugh from some of this insane shit, uh, <laughs> I recommend watching the movie and then coming back to where we are right now. <laughs> yes, that, that that is true. Yes, that, that, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, because it, it is the um, it's the it's it's the it's the journey, not destination, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that the movie opens with Gary. Uh, in the words, while terrible electronic music plays. <laughs> Oh my god! So when I rewatched it, um, like uh, earlier today, to prep for this, I like I I just moved, so I'm in a, an unpacked apartment. Um, well, no, not unpacked yet. It is packed. Every all my yeah, shit is in boxes. Nothing is set up, and like it's almost impossible to eat in here. So I got my TV set up specifically so I could watch it. <laughs> I hit play. And then uh-huh. I went into the kitchen to grab food, and all I hear is the synthesizers going. And I, it like, it took me aback. I did not remember how wacky the uh, score is. <laughs> yeah, I, I also, Madeline, I was in my mental, in my head. You're just sitting in an empty room with a TV and like a bowl of mac and cheese and watching Bloodbeat. It was rice, but other than that, that is exactly what happened. <laughs> that's that is that is that is like that's terrifying. <laughs> I'm sorry I did that to yeah. you. Uh, yeah. No, no, music... it was thrilling. Yeah. It was thrilling yeah. for me. I loved it. But but Gary is hunting and he has his Walkman, which was the director's Walkman. What do you think Gary is listening yeah. to on his what what is nineteen eighty three Gary listening to on his Walkman? Sorcery. <laughs> sorcery he's a big he's a big stunt rock he 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 studied abroad in australia and uh he bought a sorcery tape i think he's <laughs> i think he's listening to one or two things he's either what? listening to uh mr uh, sticks mr lobato okay i like that or flash dance mm, i hope it's flash dance if it's 82 then no that's too early maybe maybe oh i know pac-man fever Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just hunting. I got Pac-Man fever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe Sorry. it's just like Marauder Jams. Marauder Jams. Yes. He's, he's, he's waiting from here to eternity. And uh, the soundtrack to um, uh, Midnight Express. Perfect. <laughs> Not Midnight Run. That's a different movie. I always do that. I always oh. have to stop halfway through. So yeah, he kills a deer, takes it back to his wife, who has a poncho. <laughs> <laughs> I want yeah. a house poncho. The, uh, she seems to be a nice, uh, middle-aged, slightly over-middle-aged white woman who has done a lot of international traveling and borrowed a lot from other cultures. <laughs> that's yes, well, the that, vibe that, I get from her. That's <laughs> apparently a Native American poncho. But yes, I was. It's not a poncho. I call it a poncho. It looks like a poncho. Uh, yeah, I but it's big... you know like a like a cape kind of. Yes. I, I think I always call when I, I always forget her name when I'm watching the movie, so I call, always call her Wisconsin Sally Duvall. That, that's perfect. That's exactly what she looks like. If somebody hasn't watched the movie and is listening to this, they have now visualized her to a T. Imagine uh, she's Wisconsin Shelley Duvall wearing a Native American poncho. Yeah, <laughs> yes. 
And things are weird right away because like doesn't C act really strange when he comes back? Yes. I mean everybody acts really strange constantly, <laughs> but he basically is flipping out. He's so psyched that he got a deer for them. Mm-hmm. Um and then my face so he he calls her over, shows her the deer, she gets upset, and he says one of my favorite things in the movie, which is You've seen all different kinds of dead deer. Which, what does that mean? Name three kinds. Go. No. Uh, <laughs> so shot, roadkill. Dead deer do you mean, sir? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. she gets, o- I guess she gets over it. And then they had that talk in the kitchen. And he's like, I'm going to marry you. And she's like, the fuck you are. Yeah. Uh, and then he's sad. And he's, he's going to go clean the deer. And then the kids come. In, uh, yeah, so it du- is. It, it's her children, her son and daughter, and her son's fiance. Well, girlfriend. Girlfriend. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because they're they're away on college. They're away at college. Uh, yeah. And they're coming home for Christmas in the son's fucking bitchin' Camaro. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. And I love how they run up and hug Gary, the the, the step, the, the fake dad. When his hands are just covered in re- in real deer blood. Yes, he has just finished gutting this deer when the kids pull up and they all immediately start embracing. And it's like the same shot. Like it's <laughs> it's not like it, it's implied by the editing. No, no, it's the same shot. He walks over from the deer carcass to the children. Hands out of deer, hands around girl. Like <laughs> yeah. same. He does the thing where he hugs her without touching her. Uh, yeah. But still, like, he does a very realistic thing of, like, this guy's hunted. He cleans his hands with the dirt on the ground. Which is what I think you would do if you, you know, like, very instinctively just goes down, grabs some leaves and some dirt and wipes his hands off. Like, uh-huh. This man, this man, this, this actor has gutted a deer before. Yeah. Yeah, he was no stranger to, uh, to hunting, it seems. Yes. And then... They go so yeah so it's um Ted is the son and this his and the, the daughter is Dolly and mm-hmm. Ted and Ted brought his girlfriend Sarah and I think unannounced and yes. Sarah goes to meet the mom and there's a weird energy <laughs> not a not erotic I don't mean it like that <laughs> oh it's just uh, something strange. I mean, the mom has constantly been, like, reacting weirdly to things so mm-hmm. far. I mean, we're in, what, the third scene of the movie? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but she's clearly off-put by, by Sarah's presence. Yes, and we don't know why, and get used to that. Get yes. used to that sentence. Yeah, because we <laughs> don't find out. You know. <laughs> um, but at this point in the movie... Mm-hmm. There's been a, a lot of talking. Nothing really interesting has happened. There has been a graphic shot of a deer <laughs> getting gutted. And I am presenting this movie in a bar to a bunch of people who are drinking. In the daytime. And I am starting to panic. I'm starting to worry. I'm yeah. like, did I put, did I bring something really bad? Is this really boring? Uh, is everybody going to be having a horrible time? And then something uh, magical happened. In the film, without any explanation as to why, to a shot of a, uh, is it a pickup truck? It's like a big truck, right? Uh-huh. It's like a, oh, a yeah, red yeah. truck. 
driving 90 miles per hour down the street, down the road, like a, like a country back road. And the truck hits a bump and flies into the air, slams back down into the road and just keeps driving. And then it cuts back to the family. And um, <laughs> the bar lost their fucking minds. People were screaming. Like, drinks went into the air. It, it, there was an energy shift at that moment. Because that was when we realized exactly how insane this movie was about to get. Because that, that's And don't they call that guy the Red Baron? Yes. Once yes. it cuts back to the family, they're like, the Red Baron is coming. Um, but but there's nothing really to connect it to the shot of the car flying into the air. Yeah. Uh, and, and in fact, I don't believe the car was supposed to do that. Like, it doesn't seem <laughs> like it was a planned stunt. It seems like it was bad driving that was documented. Yeah, and it, that, that would fuck up the suspension. Like, yeah, yeah, it go. It gets a, a car good... that size is not supposed to do that. No. <laughs> no. And that was a director's car. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. So he, he, maybe, I, th- I, I am of the opinion that that shot was planned, and he because yes. they're on drugs. Yeah. So maybe yeah. it was, but on, yeah. it is the first time that the movie really starts to show its hand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just like non sequitur car going over a giant bump flying into the air and landing with a guy in the driver's seat screaming. Yes. Yeah. So what happens first? Do they go hunting first or does Sarah find the samurai <laughs> samurai costume first? Which one is first? Oh my, I, I literally just watched the movie and I can't remember. I no, think they no, go hunting right away. Yeah, I think they go um yeah that's after yeah that's after yeah they go hunting right away. And <laughs> it's I'm not okay. So you're born and raised in New York, right? Yes, I am. Yes, and in the city. Yes, in the well, born in the city, raised in the suburbs, back in the city. Yeah, but so not in a place where there's a lot of hunters. No, I never lived in a rural area. So I, I, only I, suburban or urban. Yeah, I grew up in suburban Ohio, and. Yeah. My neighbors were some of my neighbors were hunters, and I've never hunted. I never want to hunt. I don't have. I have nothing. If you're gonna hunt for food, not, I don't care. That's fine. Whatever. You do you. Um, yeah. I do know basic gun safety. <laughs> and yeah, I don't. I shot. I shot a gun once in the woods. Like it was a friend's gun, and he was like, "Do you want to shoot it?" And I went, "Yeah," and I shot it, and it was so loud, I started crying. <laughs> um, and that was the end of that. Now that's yeah. that's the most I know about guns. Well, well, he <laughs> they're did the really smart... loud and they make me cry. Well, he did the smart thing. He said, "Do you want to suit it?" And you said yes. So then he gave you the <laughs> gun. In this movie, she's like, "I don't want to go hunting," and they're like, "No, here's a rifle." So rule number one of hunting: if someone doesn't want to hold a gun, don't give them a fucking gun. No, definitely not. Yeah, that's like, and then don't stand behind, don't stand in front of the, un, don't stand in front of an uneducated person holding a firearm for the first time. Okay, quick question. Yes. So are we talking about the plot or the the behind the scenes now? Because now I'm wondering if there's a real murder in this. No, no, I'm talking about guns, general gun safety and the movie. Not, no general one, gun safety, okay. Yeah, they, they, the cinematographer brings up in his interview that the one critique he has for the film is that this is not how people hunt. No. 
Because he's like, you don't Which, go I mean, first. It's like, it's like six people with with uh, rifles all knelt together and like walking in a line with the guns pointed at each other. Yeah, yeah, and bow, mix of bow and arrows, and like if if you're bow hunting, usually oh, you yeah. stay in one. Usually, bow hunters stay in one place. Yeah, and some they, of them have wait. bows for some reason. Yeah, what really is going good on? bows. Yeah. Really, really good bows. Yeah. Um, and. Like you don't walk in a line, you don't you don't all aim for the same animal at the same time. Because <laughs> you'd be digging out if if they all shot that deer, they'd be dig- they would be digging out buckshot for like a week. Seriously, yeah, but they don't shoot the deer <laughs> because no, because Sarah has a fit. Yeah, and and this is when we first get kind of the weird like negative like colored negatives editing. Like what do you call it? A polarized? What do you call that effect? Yeah, polarized. That's that's good. It's like um, a colorblind It's like predator. there's a weird filter on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And C screams and the deer runs away and then C runs away. And I feel so you you said your audience jumped off what was on board with the with the car. I got on board I got on board here. Yeah. Because for no reason. <laughs> no explanation. There's, there's just a guy dying in the woods. <laughs> there's just a random blonde dude who, I, I'm going to say, the first time I watched it, I couldn't figure out if he had been introduced before. The second time I watched it, I confirmed he had not been introduced. This was a stranger who just appeared in the woods with a gunshot in his, in his stomach, dying. And you wait. Well, well, this has to be explained. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's never explained. Nope. No, nope. it just it it just cuts to the cops there, right? And then they just move on. It just cuts to the cops there. The cops are like, "Do you think he's that poacher?" And he's like, "And then what?" I think it's Gears. Like, nah, man, you know me. What does that even mean? It doesn't mean anything. What do you? What do you mean you know me? And then Merry Christmas. <laughs> and and that's the end of it. And that's the end of it. And like uh Sarah is fucked from this. Like she is traumatized. And uh everyone else is like, let's go play Monopoly. <laughs> I which, don't uh, my favorite you know which player of the Monopoly game is my favorite? The cat. The cat. Yeah. This movie has a great cat. <laughs> It's a great cat. Uh, also, audience lost their minds when this cat showed up. So they go to, it's like basically, oh, it's we're, we just watched a man die. We're going back to our regular Christmas celebration. So they're all in their comfy clothes. Sarah has retreated to the bed because she's having a little meltdown. Um, and they're playing Monopoly in front of the fire. And I believe that the, the instruction, like what they were trying to do as actors was play Monopoly. Mm-hmm. But there is this fluffy cat that is just rolling around on the Monopoly board, <laughs> like just going nuts, like pet me, pet me. And uh, a cat chant started in the bar. People were just chanting cat, 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 cat. <laughs> that cat rules. <laughs> that kid was a good cat. It's A plus cat. Uh, yeah. Best actor in the film. <laughs> what, well, I so and and it, and this is when Sarah goes back to her room, and this is when she discovers the samurai trunk. Yes, and so 
as listeners of this podcast know, I live in Japan. I uh, and I was watching with my, I was watching this with my Japanese boyfriend, and um, that is a real that is I don't know if it's real it's, a, it's a, probably a reproduction, but that is a relatively accurate samurai costume or armor. Yeah, it has a real yeah. family crest on it. The uh, moku moku mokumon. I'm saying it wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. it's one of the main crests. So, whoever made it kind of knew what they were doing. And if you're wondering why there's a samurai trunk in this house, that's a very good question. You don't. You never find out. And yeah, I mean, it's implied that this woman, the that um, uh, Wisconsin Shelley Duvall, she's an <laughs> artist. She paints. Yes, and it's implied that she's done inter- like global tra- traveling, right? And like I said before, she takes things from other cultures. Yeah. Um, and that is that is the end of of the list, and it, that is not communicated. That's something I gleaned from watching, mm-hmm. you know, her and and you know, I'm assuming because she has a samurai trunk in her house, that means that she traveled to Japan and took it. Well, I I found out the reason why it's a samurai in this film why uh, because the director i imagine while high walked past yes. an antique store saw the suit and bought it and oh my god <laughs> and he's like we have a villain now that's why so this it wasn't even in the script was no, they, there a script there the, the wasn't in what they had what what we'll generously call a script no I, I imagine yeah. the the somewhat loose justification for the samurai's existence was written around the fact that they found a samurai suit yeah I mean like call back to Tammy and the T-Rex here the reason Tammy and the T-Rex got made is because they had access to an animatronic T-Rex hey well, it's or like, yeah yeah yeah, so there is something very charming about that to me, um, but also bizarre. It's like <laughs> Clerks. It's like Clerks. They they made it in a convenience store because they had access to a convenience store. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bloodbeat Clerks, same thing. Um, yes, uh, I I on the commentary track. The so Fabrice, the director, speaks French. Uh, surprisingly, English is not his first language. If you can't tell from the film, um. And the one thing he says in English on the commentary track is, what the fuck is the samurai doing in Wisconsin? Why not? <laughs> and, you know, I can't argue with that. So I filled in the blanks, and okay. uh, I thought more about it than he did, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> because uh, she's upstairs... She sees the samurai suit. She goes to bed. Uh, they're downstairs just chilling out. She can't sleep. She comes downstairs. She starts to go in a trance. <laughs> and um, Pete, Uncle Pete, is murdered by an unseen force while she's having yes. this trance. Now, <laughs> I have a question for you, and this is inappropriate, and I apologize. Um that's fine. Given what she does the next time someone is killed. Right. Is she is that a trance or is she just getting off on the couch? I believe that it is a combination of the two. Okay. Um, I believe she is in a trance 
And the trance is causing her to uh, masturbate herself to climax. And upon climax, someone dies. <laughs> yes, I hate it when that happens. Uh, but, well, oh, really, my, my review for this movie, by the way, on Letterboxd was, as a former Midwesterner who now lives in Japan, I found this film about people from Wisconsin being murdered by a ghost samurai powered by orgasms to be highly relatable. <laughs> so, you know. Uh, this is this is my life, basically, is what I'm saying. Um, yeah, so yeah. she's on. Yeah, so Pete is killed. We don't see who kills Pete, though. Um, mm-hmm. she she uh, has this trance. Goes, I think, then goes back to bed, and yes. then there's the the neighbor, uh, the next door neighbors, Paul and Christine, Christy, who are man. Talk about an unhappy couple. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about let's talk about Paul and Christy. Uh and their water bed. <laughs> so, um they're just the neighbors, right? Yeah, they're just the neighbors. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so now we meet we meet the neighbors. We're just suddenly in the home of the neighbors. So uh the are they they're Paul and Christie is their names. Paul and I'm, I'm using Wikipedia for this. Yeah, Paul and Christie. So Paul hangs out fully clothed in his hunter gear on the waterbed with their full-grown husky, who's adorable. And then, yes, adorable dog, also one of the best characters. Um, and uh, demands that uh, his wife make him tea, which she brings and places on the waterbed. She puts an entire kettle of boiling water. Are you there? Oh, can you hear me? You went away. For, I, you, I think you know, when you were laughing, it went away. But yeah, she, put, she puts a boiling kettle on the waterbed. Yeah. I screamed laughing so hard about the boiling kettle on the waterbed that I cut my audio. Yeah, you might <laughs> cut out. Yeah. <laughs> my mic went, my mic went, no. <laughs> no, you can't. And but he doesn't just say he he he, dem- he could go get my tea. Yes. Yeah, and then where's my orange juice? Like he's he he's like he is a he is the worst. Is he a boomer? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he, he's a, he he is like the stereotypical eighties yeah, dad. Like my my women belong in the kitchen. He is the rural version of that one dad from Stranger Things. If you wa- if you've ever watched that, there's the worst. The real villain of Stranger Things is is one character's dad, who's just the worst '80s dad in the world. Like just the most <laughs> yeah. oblivious, oblivious shithead dad. Like you've 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 known this dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same guy. And then, but he says orange juice, but that's like like that's like that that's like Tang she's making, right? Yeah, 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 and. While she's making Tang, <laughs> the samurai shows up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, and, these are the two most graphic murders of the film. Oh, yeah. She gets skewered. While she's getting skewered, Sarah is um, going to town on a bed sheet. Um, mm-hmm. Fully arched, like yoga arch, like only her feet and her head yeah. are on the bed. Like, yeah, she's in a backbend, like a yeah. like you know in in Showgirls when they do the the backbend move. Yes, she is. 
She's Another... basically doing showgirls style dancing with a sheet between her legs. And it is yeah. very explicit. Yes. Yeah. Like you don't see any low nudity, but it's, it's close. And like, it's probably the only well-lit scene in the entire film. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like they put a lot of work into those shots they put a lot of work into it and um so christy's brutally murdered uh the asshole husband comes out sees that sees a samurai it's like fuck me (laughs) gets in his truck ends up at the neighbor's house ends up at the main the main house and is murdered in their window, and then everything goes to fucking shit. Yes. Yeah. Uh, telekinetic, like what? How would you even describe? What, like, it's just oh, a flying tab can. Yeah, it's a uh, stuff in the kitchen starts flying around, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and just like starts smacking people, right? <laughs> yeah. The phone blows up. It's important the phone blows up because then they can't call for help. <laughs> yeah, no help and, can come. The phone yeah. exploded. And I forgot where the mom is during this. Uh, oh yeah, she's it's in the painting. living room. She's in the living room, like arms akimbo, arms on her side, like oh okay, okay, in, in that trance, like in a trance. Yeah, and yes, yes. Stuff is doors are opening and closing. Poor Dolly wants to hide in the closet. How hey girl, I've been there. Um. That was a gay joke. Um, and, uh, but while the samurai's outside and they see the samurai at one point, Sarah's in her in the room still and there is a, myst- this is where the mystical boinging is, I believe. Yes. Yes, mystical yes this boinging. is when the mystical boinging first appears, yeah. Yes. And they can't get in her room because of this mysterious blue force keeping them out. And all this goes on for a far too long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and eventually it stops. And here's, okay. Point B when I lost my mind. So either before or after this happens, around huh. this time, um, yeah, the mom says something and doesn't finish it. And then Ted says, mom, you don't mean, mom, you don't mean, you don't mean and never finishes the fucking sentence. I wanted to die. Yep. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, this is really when it fully goes. It's been off the rails the whole time, mm. but it becomes like, I think this is the moment when I really realized that none of this was going to make sense. Yeah. And I understand. Yeah. yeah. And, and I understand. So like, there's no like, for lack of a better t- term, Mary Sue, right? There's the there's the character yes. you need who doesn't know anything, and who's so, supposed to you know be learning what's going on so that you learn what's going on. And, but no character is in that position. And I get it, but even then, it's it, they're needlessly vague. It's like. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like it's it's like that. It's it's like they're talking in a way so there's someone else in the room that they don't want to fill in. It's like, or like a child. Like we, what's like, um, at my at my father a long time ago, I had a coworker who was on cocaine, mm-hmm. and then 
um, we had another coworker who we thought was on cocaine. <laughs> and so we would say, oh, it's like, and I'm going to use a fake name. It's like, this is, we got another Joe, a Joe Bob situation, you know? Right. And so we're saying that so other people don't know we're talking about cocaine. But if he, if there's nobody else in the room, we'd be like, oh, is he on cocaine like Joe Bob was? <laughs> we would just say the word. There, for no yeah. reason. <laughs> for no reason. There's no reason. It's just, oh. And, and <laughs> at one point, I think the mom says, you know me. Like, what does that even... <sighs> yeah, and then it flashes. They start talking in code. Yeah, yeah. the the, the flashback to the mom as a, as a child for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, um, they they go they finally go back to Sarah's room and Sarah's like, or, or, or at least maybe earlier, Sarah's like, I fell down when when I saw the samurai uh costume. They're like, what samurai costume? There's no samurai costume here. What's wrong with you? Yes, it's gone. It's mm-hmm. gone. And there never was one, is the point. Like, not only is it gone, yeah, there never was one. And then they have sex? Yes. For some reason, after all of this has happened, after they've seen a random man die, there's been a strange, uh, you know, earthquake where all their stuff shot around. Um, they just are like, oh, let's have sex now. Yeah. Well, here's my theory. I have a theory. And again, sorry to be bold. Yeah. So whatever's happening to Sarah, um, sees this. Maybe I I imagine see this has. I I have no polite way to say this. The female equivalent of blue balls, (laughs) and it's just Randy, like a hundred percent. Yeah. Whatever's. I'm sorry if that was crass or disgusting. I. No um, no 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 no. That's sort of perfect. Okay. Because I think your mic is muting your laughter. So everyone at home, I'm hilarious. You just can't hear her laughing. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Every time I, I laugh, it blows out my mic. So. Yeah. Um, but like, so maybe, and earlier in the film, he wants to he wants to get get it on, like in the middle of the day. And yeah, she and she's her. like, no. No. Yeah. Yeah. And so now all of a sudden, she's like, it's time to go. Yeah. In another scene that is shockingly well lit. Yes. Yes, uh, Fabrice sort of probably means up. they shot it minutes after the other scene. They yeah, shot yeah. them all at the same time with the exact same setup. So. Yeah, well, they and they shot all. He, he 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 in the commentary track, he's like, we shot all the day and all the we saw we shot all the day during the day and all the night at night because Americans didn't understand otherwise. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it's like. <laughs> you shot the day for day because it's easier, and you shot the night for night yeah. because it's easier. <laughs> that's yeah. what that's what you did. Okay, <laughs> like you didn't sure. get. You're not gonna black out the fucking windows for your sex scene. You're gonna shoot it at nighttime. It's just easier. Yeah. Fucking asshole. Yeah. Uh, and so that while they're while they're non mystically boinging, um, so they're having sex. So then the samurai returns. And this kills a random mm-hmm. group of hunters. Yes. Yes. Uh, so we get some more carnage in the woods. Yes. Because it's the 80s and you have to have carnage in the woods. It's required by law. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jason. Yeah. Um, but they don't know anything about that. As far as they're concerned, this nightmare is over. The samurai showed up. Their neighbor's dead. They had sex. Okay. The next day. Um, but the phone's out. So... Gary puts the dead body in his truck 
Um, and just is going to go to town with a dead body, I guess. Is that his plan? Yeah, that's what it seems like. Yeah. Not very poorly covering that body. I would have put a bigger tarp over it. Uh-huh. Maybe weight it down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're not just driving down the street with a body in your back. But whatever. But the <laughs> but the but all the cars are dead. So uh, Gary's going to go out by horse to go get help. And for whatever mm-hmm. reason, Ted goes out with his gun. Yes. And Dolly's just kind of running around in a shirt and some fucking dope leggings. <laughs> yeah, actually... Her her whole getup through this is like once she gets into her comfy clothes, she <laughs> looks like a cool eighties girl. Oh yeah. yeah, she yeah she's see she, what a feeling, this for sure. Yeah, um, she's mm-hmm. she's rocking those legs. They're good leggings. I was jealous. Yes. Uh, yeah. Can a can a six and a half foot tall man have leggings? Yeah. Why not? Who cares? Okay. Well, but I mean my size. Oh, uh, this would be, uh, this be you might have to. <laughs> uh, nah, they make them. Definitely they make, make them. them. They make them. I found a dry yeah. queen store. Yeah. Uh, they're just store down the street yeah, for me probably. that sells just as the dry queens. Yeah, either either like a drag queen store or like a surf shop. There you go. Like there are two yeah. stores by me that cater to dry queens. Mm-hmm. One sells ridiculous dresses, and one sells like kinky boots, like giant shoes. Ooh, yeah, I, but, see, that's where I would need to shop because I can't wear women's shoes. My feet are too big. What's your size? Uh, 11 wide. Mine is uh, 16. <laughs> in, in men's sizes? In men's sizes. Uh, my goodness <laughs> yes it, it's a i live in japan so i don't have i i just yeah. I, I just walk barefoot fuck it no i i have to mail yeah. order shoes anyway enough about suits um <laughs> just wrapping I'm, bandages around your feet to go out <laughs> i'm just imagining me wearing my suit to work with bandaged feet yeah it's a good look um when they're in the words the samurai returns sarah is still in the house um mm-hmm. Notably not masturbating. Yeah, is Anymore. she just sleeping during this part? I guess I get hey, you know, maybe he she got a she's just I mean, you can only get your rocks off so much, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was in college once, but still. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Eventually she's just lying there experiencing the echoes and uh on the verge of sleep. And then the samurai shows up. They go to shoot it. They don't shoot it. They axe it. Uh, it collapses into the into just the armor. <laughs> they take it back to the house, and Gary's all stoked. Like, yo, honey, I killed him. <laughs> and Kathy's like, you fucking jag off. Get this shit out of the house. Burn it. Burn it. Yeah. Burn it. Too late. <laughs> Samuel, and this is like the end the... Okay, so back to the commentary track. Um, mm-hmm. they wrote multiple endings to this film. Okay. They chose the one that was the most coherent. Wow. That is shocking to me. I want to know what was, le- was less, because none of this makes sense. Yeah, I would like to know what is less coherent than this. Because is- sort of the reveal at this point is that they're a family of psychic people, right? Like, they're all psychics. Yes, yes. Yes, and so mom is the top psychic, and then it turns out the two kids are also psychic, and they seem to know it, 
right? Like they're aware of that 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 they have these powers. Um but none of it has been revealed uh before. It hasn't even been hinted at that mm-hmm. they have powers. The mom maybe had powers earlier, oh, yeah, but the mom is hinted all of a sudden at, yeah. yeah, all of a sudden she is in this mental battle with some spirit which is the spirit that I guess is Sarah possessing the I don't honestly I don't know where this came from. <laughs> so, according to Fabrice, okay. Okay, I'm going to try. So this there's a the Sarah is the reincarnated spirit of somebody who was was killed during the war by somebody yes. in cat in in the mom's family. Right. Now, never mind that the war footage they show is from the European front. <laughs> Which my boyfriend noticed. <laughs> it's like, yeah. That's, that's Berlin. Um It's the wrong war. Yeah. The, the right war. Wrong 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 uh <laughs> wrong place. Wrong, wrong place. People. Yeah. Yeah, wrong people. Yeah. Um and never mind that like for most of the film the spirit and Sarah are not inhabited in the same body. Mm-hmm. But then later they are. N- never mind that at one point the kids say mom was right. About what? The mom says, I took the oath. What oath? The mom says, I know what you want. What the fuck does he want? None of this is explained. No idea. None of this it is makes important. no sense. Like maybe I guess it's generational revenge, but I it, that's just from us talking through it right now. It's the first time I've come up with that idea. I have I have determined my favorite genre of bad movie or this okay. uh, this type of movie is inept surrealism. <laughs> yeah. Or well, yeah inept- I like that quite a bit. Yeah. Or like, well, what would you call like, what, how, like Twin Peaks? What, that's not surreal. What do you call that? Um, I mean, I guess it, it does deal with surrealism, but I guess it's more like dream logic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's, but, yeah. So inept dream logic. That's my favorite genre of film, uh, <laughs> because it's just it's it's. I watched another movie like this called Devil Story, which you have to fucking watch, Ooh. Madeline. That's um, a good title. All right, I'll add it to my list. It's on Tubi. Um, okay. And it is the same. It is about a car, a couple's car breaks down in the woods. There's a zombie dressed like a Nazi. Um, Ooh. It's supposed to take place in America. They are clearly by the cliffs of Dover. Um, there's a gypsy oh, mother. There's an e- 75 minutes long. Yeah, that 75 minutes long. Kind of movie. And there's a mummy. Yeah. Okay, I'm into this. Yo, yeah, mummies and, never, never appear in anything. So exactly, <laughs> and so it is very similar to this. And it's like I think they're trying to use some kind of dream logic, but they don't know how to do it. And I feel yeah. like it's the same here. Mm-hmm. Uh, or they're just or or, or cocaine. Fuck, I don't, what a, what a fuck if I know. Um, yeah, there's a battle. The mom. Looks like she, so. So Gary's killed. Sadly, my favorite character in the film. Yeah. Um. Because mm-hmm. he just wants to Rest get. Peace, Gary. 
Oh, we, we, I missed my favorite part when Gary and the mom argue for no reason. Um, and, then <laughs> and he's Gary, like, you care about your art more than me. Yeah. And then so Gary goes out and puts on his headphones and watches TV and living him alone. Oh, my God. Yes. I love that part. It's so it's so sad. It's like, oh, so sad. And it's so out of the blue. But I guess at the same time earlier, he's like, I'm going to tell your kids I'm marrying their mother. And she's like, fuck you, Gary. <laughs> so maybe she is nasty to Gary. Yeah. Fuck you. So uh, Fabrice said that that couple argued all the time. Yeah, so they weren't acting. They were just uh, living yeah, on this, camera. Yeah, actually a documentary. Um, yeah. But then, the, so the mother, it looked like the samurai kills the mom. Yeah, she dies, but it looks like she, like, crystallizes, right? Yeah. Like, so, she's just all of a sudden covered in, like, white, like, I don't know, ash. I, I have no idea what's going on Not there. cocaine. Um, yeah. So according they to the cop, according, They wouldn't waste that cocaine, no. Where did they get so much cocaine in Wisconsin? Anyway, um, according to Fabrice, the mother was supposed to wither into dust because she's an old spirit. I see. But they yeah. couldn't afford that, so instead it looks like she's caked in oatmeal. Yeah, that is exactly what it looks like. It's white oatmeal. And yeah. then the best special effects in any film ever happen. Is it the, the, the two kids shaking? When and like rotoscoped, uh, they, it's like Star Wars. Like they they have red they have red red psychic juju. Yes, we get we get la optical printed lightning basically. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank um, you. I forgot the term. Yeah, yeah. And they have an optical printed lightning battle. Um, cut to one of the most hilarious shots of the house with like. All kinds of optical effects on it and fake light. Oh, it looks so stupid. And then the samurai is so dead. Stupid. Samurai is dead. The daughter puts on the poncho and they leave. The movie's over. What happened to Sarah? That's a. You mean you mean you mean the the, the girlfriend? Yeah. I imagine she's dead. Yeah, I, it's not clear, right? Like I'm not. I didn't miss something. Well, <laughs> that should be the tagline for the film. It's not clear, right? <laughs> I didn't miss something. Um, actually, yeah, that's <laughs> that. W- that's a good letterbox review for this. Yeah. <laughs> it's not clear, right? I didn't miss something. Uh, no, it's not clear. You didn't miss something. I think she's dead. Just put that quote on the poster. Yeah, yeah. it's not. Clear. <laughs> um, it, this it just feels like she vanishes all of a sudden. Um, but I guess it's implied that she dies with the samurai. Or or sequel. Oh my goodness! I what wish. Be- I wish. Yeah. Um, because because Fabrice never made another film. Uh, so why is it called Bloodbeat? So, um, it's a as it says on the Wikipedia and on the commentary track. Um, kind of the accelerated heartbeat he would get while doing drugs is a bloodbeat. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and that's also why I think the in the it looks like it's supposed to be a sword in the letter, but it looks like a syringe almost in in the graphic. Yeah, uh, it does actually. That's exactly what it looks like. Yeah. I also forgot to mention during this final battle, fucking common barin. Ber- how do you say that? Common barinia. Uh, oh, oh, Fortuna. You know, oh, Fortuna. Yes, yes, yes. 
is playing and it's yeah and like out of nowhere we're hearing the most dramatic like orchestral you know what do i associate that with i associate it with movie trailers um yeah i feel like it's just used in like big you know like epic movies yeah and here's the funny thing about kamina barana yo that shit's copyrighted um that's from like the 1930s. It's not that old. So um they just stole that shit. <laughs> like <laughs> so, so no rights there. No <laughs> rights. Well, well, there's a famous example. Uh do you know who came FDM is? Uh yes. Yeah. So they sampled it illegally and they had to pull the CD. Oh damn. Like, like the the Call Orf estate is pretty strict of that one. Uh-huh. Uh so it's it's used yeah it's used a lot like there's a whole Wikipedia page about you know it being used. Um, yeah, I mean it's much younger than I would have thought. Like yeah, I exactly. wouldn't I would have guessed it was not from 1930s, but from like the 1600s or some shit. I, I don't I don't know when music came to be. Well, when well, did music the, start existing? Yeah, the well, I mean, well, coming Barana like the text, not the music. The text is the like text the is very old. Yeah, super yeah. old, like from the 12th century. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But that uh, that song, yeah. I yeah. would have thought it was much older. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's not. Um, it, and it's very out of place. I, I prefer the mystical boinging. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is no soundtrack yeah. to this, I mean, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I like watching the two the two kids just shaking. Like, basically, <laughs> the, it, how they did that shot, they do, they do all the optical printing over it. But those two actors are just standing there holding hands, just like forcing their bodies to just like hey, like they're like they're freaking out, you know? Yeah. Um, and their eyes are huge, and it's just it's really upsetting. <laughs> <That's> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I also like they don't explain why on the disc, but like the the credits are obviously from a VHS tape. Like yes. the very last yeah, shot. The, it, mm-hmm, it looks bad. Yeah, I imagine maybe the the print they had didn't have credits. Yeah, so so that may have also been part of what was damaged. Yeah, um, or the credits were done on videotape because that's a video effect. Maybe, who knows? Um, maybe, yeah. Who knows? It's weird, but yeah, movie ends. No explanation for anything, and um, Fabrice is a monster who left his mark on the world with this. apparently quite well on video um that's cool he he so he finished filming they edited it in france he went back to france uh tried to sell it in france couldn't sell it went back to america tried to sell it in new york couldn't sell it (laughs) went back to france took it to con um right the marketplace not the uh not the uh festival sold it yeah. yeah. Um, in America, it was distributed by a company called Transworld Entertainment, which put out a lot of stuff back in the 80s. In England, mm-hmm. it was distributed by fucking EMI. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
under the name Blood Be a Force of Evil. Um, and I found it mentioned in advertisements. And my favorite was this store called Budget Video. And it has yeah. all them, like, now, new releases now in stock. And I'm just going to read you this list of movies. Because it is... Okay. Not all of it. But, like, so, Slugger's Wife, Passage to India, Dungeon Master, Prince Live, 2010, Starman, The Sir Thing, Gulag, Tough Turf, Ghoulies, The Aviator, Karate Kid. Then, in a row, Pinocchio, Hooker, Sir Thing. What? Pinocchio, and it's it's they're like bunched together, so it's like one movie, like Pinocchio. Oh, Hooker. Okay, they're separate movies, but yeah. Pinocchio Hooker, sure thing. Um, and then <laughs> I mean that should be its own movie, Pinocchio Hooker, sure thing. And then Bloodbeat is listed after Sure Thing and before Desperately Seeking Susan. Yes, yes. Also, also available that week, Missing an Axe in Paris, Texas. Uh, Johnny Dangerously, oh, wow. Johnny Dangerously, and Voltron: Planet of Doom. So I know what I was watching. Yeah, I mean, originally I was like Tough Turf. That's the that's the one. Uh, and now Paris, Texas is on the list. Which, sorry, actually do get pretentious sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so and Tough Paris, Turf Texas movie? wins the list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tough Turf rules. That's Jane Spader, right? Yes. I gotta see Tough Turf. Yeah, you're the second person to recommend Tough Turf today. Um, yeah, you would dig that movie. That's yeah. like that's that's your shit. That's yeah. my shit. Yeah, it's it's like sleazy fun. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so it was a video store. It was not in my family's video store. I do not remember this box. Um, we, we just we, yeah. we never. Had I mean, this. I had never seen or heard of this movie until you know a couple years ago when Vinegar Syndrome kind of rediscovered it. Yeah, and. You know, vinegar syndrome does bad things sometimes, and they hurt us. But um, yeah, this is the good vinegar syndrome. Uh, mm-hmm. This is the vinegar syndrome that gave us Winter Beast, not the vinegar yeah, syndrome. Definitely. That ga- not the vinegar syndrome that gave us Besides Paula Murders. Um, yeah, they're releasing that in 4K. Hmm. Oh, that's the I've never seen the Massage Parlor Murders. It is. Oh, it's it's bottom it's bottom twenty for me. Um all yeah. time. Nothing happens and then Is it like Giallo shit? No, it's nothing. It's like it's it's, oh, it's not, just awful. It's just awful. It's just it's ineptly made. The one thing that mm-hmm. saves it is a very funny scene in the beginning of the film where this guy goes in for a, a happy ending massage and then says, Oh, never mind, I'm married, I have to go. That seems really funny. <laughs> um Yeah. But the rest I mean, of it, it is like with yeah, yeah. It's just a bad movie. It's just nothing. It's just not fun. It's not gross or disgusting. It's not offensive. It doesn't. It's not disturbing. Um, it's just, yeah. It's just ineptly Seems made. Seems like with the the restoration space like this, where you know their main thing is finding these movies that are from the seventies and eighties that like might get lost to time. Yeah. It is sometimes kind of like a crazy bargain bin. You know what I mean? Oh so, yeah. So in order to get your blood beats and your demon wins, you gotta you gotta get through some of the garbage. Is demon win um, worth watching? But I own it. I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Everybody says it's batshit. Okay. Um, so I'm like, very mem- excited to watch. I it. remember the VHS box was a lenticular cover. Yeah, which yeah. I love lenticular. 
uh, I have a, a lenticular Final Destination poster where <laughs> when you walk by it, their faces turn to skulls. Of course they do. <laughs> it's one of my most prized positions. So, um, wrapping up on Bloodbeat, like we both mm-hmm. recommend it. I oh, you gave intensely. It, yes. You gave it five stars. I give it four, I give it four stars. It is a film that I feel like defies ratings. Yeah, I agree. I only I I don't really give star ratings anymore. I realized it was I all know. arbitrary and that like there were so many movies I was watching that were super indie and I didn't love them and then it's like well i'm giving three stars to a movie by somebody i'm going to meet at a bar yeah and that feels bad well, like it to, just felt bad you need to do me a favor whenever you come across mm-hmm. something like this you have to give it five stars that's what i do is okay. i only give five stars to stuff that i i am like really really excited about so like i gave Bloodbeat five stars i gave mac at me five stars um terrifier two yeah, I gave Terrifier 2 five stars. That was when I stopped doing star ratings. Yeah. When I gave Terrifier 2 five stars, I went, what am I doing? Like, I give After Hours five stars, and After Hours is a way better film than Terrifier 2. So I guess nothing means anything. <laughs> I, hey, I'm, yeah, because yeah, I've been ranking the movies on this podcast, you know, and yeah. I have learned that my rankings don't always match up with the star rating. Uh, yes, so that, I'm makes, gonna, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. so I'm going to give you right now. Uh, I'll put it in the in the messenger, the list, okay. uh, the rank. Do, do you see that? Click on that. Oh so, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so we've got a letterbox list called Cinema Oblivion Ranked. Yes, and so and uh, I I agree with number one. That is one of the greatest films of all time. Yeah, so so three of the top t- four of the top ten are you. Yes, you're right. We did the sorcerer episode together. <laughs> we did sorcerer alligator was you, right? Running my own episode without even realizing it. Yes, we did alligator together. We did butcher baker, and we did sorcerer. So and three fangs. of the top fangs. four movies. No, and fangs. Uh, yep, fangs so, is in the top ten. So I had, um, we also did uh, shakedown. Shakedown is much lower. Shakedown is forty two. <laughs> yeah, shakedown rules though. Yeah. Oh no, it's it's still in the good movie part. Uh, it's between yeah. Trick or Treat and Ninja Three, which are good movies. Yes, um, yes, uh, yeah. And Ninja up. Three is, yeah. I mean, I would move Ninja Three up. Okay. Um, but I made Bloodbeat fifty-three. Well, that's pretty low, actually. Well, everything before. So my cutoff point for actual good is is um mm-hmm. probably that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, because once you get past that, there's Natural Born Killers, which is very interesting, but not very good. Um, yeah, I, I'm in agreement. And like The Visitor, again, you should watch <laughs> The Visitor once in your life. It's fascinating. Yes. But I would never watch it twice. I've seen it four <laughs> times. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jim Cotta and The Apple, though, those are uh, th- those are, are classics. Those are great. And I could watch those any day. I I can <laughs> if I never watch Jim Cotta again, I'll die happy. Oh man, um, Jim Cotta rules. I had a friend who every time he got drunk and really drunk, this guy was an alcoholic actually, okay. and uh, and he talking to me that he's still alive. But he would get blackout drunk and he would go and start like texting everyone he knew and going on Reddit and posting and being like. Does anyone know the name of this movie? And describe the plot 
and it was Jim Cotta every time. It's a that's a good bit. <laughs> and, but it wasn't a bit, it was sincere. And I'm not sure he ever figured it out, even though we always told him you're it's Jim Cotta again. I bought him a copy of it at a point, and it, but it's it just kept happening. Um, and then he had to stop drinking so he wouldn't die. Uh, so I I hope he's watched Jim Cotta since then. Um, but but yeah, so Jim Cotta has a special place for me. Well, it's <laughs> not the reason. worst movie, as I've said multiple times. The worst movie on this podcast is Firestarter from twenty eight from from last year. Um, oh yeah, yeah. That is that is the worst movie. One of the worst movies I've ever seen. Um, if I was honest, I would say Cherish of the Gods is more offensive because it's racist. Um, yeah. But I'd rather watch that again than watch Firestarter <laughs> again. So, and I'd rather watch Bloodbeat again than, than, than any, either of them because Bloodbeat's worth watching. Um, Bloodbeat is a blast. I, uh, I, high recommendation for Bloodbeat. Can you recommend any films like Bloodbeat? So I said uh, Devil Knight. I recommend uh, is, is like Bloodbeat, and there was um, Beyond Dreams Door. I would say is similar, but more well okay. made. Um, and I guess Winter Beast. Uh, mm. All all three or four of those films were put out by Vinegar Syndrome. So there you go. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. Like, I don't know. Have you ever seen The Evil Within? Because that might qualify the evil within it was oh it was released in like um 2016 i think but it was andrew getty of the getty dynasty i don't uh, know oh and, uh, okay like the getty oil dynasty okay yeah. yeah like you were probably like not getty oil no no we <laughs> well, mean the oil baron i was thinking of getty it, lee from rush but <laughs> oh no like <laughs> <laughs> No, it was it's like old old Los Angeles oil money. Okay. And uh like the youngest generation uh was real real fucked up in that family and he just really wanted to make a horror movie. So he shot it in his home with yeah, all of his money. Review. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's really crazy. Um it is uh offensive. But and and then he he died from from meth uh, before it was completed, uh, and his uh, producer had to finish it and finally got it out um, in like 2016, 2017. Okay, and it is incredible. That's Michael um, I think this. Oh yes, it is Michael Berryman. Wow. Yeah, okay. he plays the demon. As yeah, he usually he's not does. in it very much. Yeah, and like the main character is, uh, I think his name is. Um, he is, oh, here's his name, Frederick Kohler, which I think he's from the Sopranos primarily, but he's okay. been in a ton of stuff and they shot this over 10 years. So he's aging through it and he <laughs> looks like a kid. Uh, Dina Meyer from Starship Troopers is in it and Sean Pl- Patrick Flannery yeah. uh, is, is in it. Like this is like a major cast, but it feels like something that was made by like an amateur filmmaker who didn't know what he was doing. Um, and like the story behind it is just crazy. Okay, well, I'll watch The Evil Within. You watch Devil Night. Deal. And we'll report back. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I I, I love yeah. this this arrangement. Yeah, and if you want to watch Mac and Me, uh, hard recommend on that too. 
I'll have to buy the Japanese Blu-ray. Um, you don't be aware of it to see a child in a wheelchair get shot by police. <laughs> he, he's, he's brought back to life, right? Uh, I, I'm not going to spoil, spoil the movie. Spoil. Okay, well, on that Teen note... Happens in, the last, in the last five minutes! <laughs> spoiler. Um, anyway, so, on that note of child murder, Madeline, Ooh. thank you for joining me once more. Um, well, thank you for having me. I always have fun. Yes. Um, where can people find you online? Um, I have great uh, social media uh, continuity. So I am DVD box set just about everywhere. Twitter, Letterboxd, Instagram, whatever. Um, you can also follow the Unnamed Footage Festival. Yes, do that. We did just finish our in-person, but we're going to do a virtual uh, late summer. And if you are in New York City, uh, check out Astoria Horror Club. Um, I run that too. I do too much. I'm very tired. <laughs> yes, you should get some rest. Uh, <laughs> I'm hoping to. Yes. Uh, I can be found everywhere as Lost Turntable. And I, I, again, if you really want more of my content right now, I think Letterboxd is the best way to go. YouTube is just too much work for me right now. Uh, I do plan on updating my blog soon, but that's, that's, that's with some weird old music you, you probably won't like. Um, you being everyone listening, sorry. Um, but yeah, uh, Twitter, everything, Lost Turntable, you know how it is. But anyway, that'll do it for this week. We'll be back again in two weeks with another episode. Until then, take care and beware of Samurai's Power by Orgasms. They will fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs>